0: Welcome to Culture Crawl HX Podcast. I'm your co-host, Michael Ward Jr., and this is Donald Scott II. second. We are very excited for you all to be here today. And for today's episode, we'll be discussing the, the church. And more specifically, we'll be discussing the importance or I guess the, the position of the church given everything that's going on in our in our communities right now. We of course have our co-host, you know, Donald Scott II, second on as well. And we have one of our guests today, Dejan Campbell. Uh, so Dejan, you know, as we discuss the church and we think about you know their position given the the situation that we're in right now in our society, what are your comments? What are your thoughts?
1: Yeah. So I think there's. Well, first, thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Um, congrats on everything with with this show. I'm a huge fan. So just thank you guys again for uh, for having me. Um, so there is a couple of things that the church isn't addressing right now um, or could do a better job addressing. Um, The first thing is the pandemic. Now here's the thing, this pandemic kind of threw everyone for a loop. Um, You're seeing businesses that are struggling. Some businesses are even shutting down, um, never to open their doors again. Um, But when it comes to the church, there has been this, this huge shift now from You know, the focus being, let's get people in our doors. Let's fill every single seat. (laughs) Let's not worry about our online ministry, because the the goal is to get people in our doors to now, oh, shoot, there's a pandemic. We literally cannot open our doors to the public. How do we now respond to this pandemic um, and pastor the people in the middle of a pandemic? So I think we've seen... um, I think we've seen some churches do it very well. I think we've seen some churches um, attempt and not do so well. And I think you've seen some churches who have just given up um, and said, look, we're either gonna break the law and and just have in-person gatherings, um, or we're just gonna like just shut down church. Um, So I I think there's been a mixed bag of responses. Um, I do think that at the end of the day, this pandemic um, has, has really stretched um, a lot of leaders, and I think it stretched a lot of, of members and I think it has positioned us as christians um, to to really examine our faith and examine what church really should look like
0: and now that's actually going to lead to a question I was going to ask is you know what is the role of the church because as i as I get, you know, deeper into my faith, which is a continuous journey a continuous process um, you know, the church, in my opinion, it isn't necessarily a brick and mortar, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the church is just a, a collection of those individuals that is sharing um, that faith in order to do, you know, God's work and, and, and accomplish his purposes. So mm-hmm. if we see that a lot of churches or a lot of individuals think about the church just being a brick and mortar I could see how challenging and difficult it is for them to make the pivot into the church of today's society. So how, how do you see churches, you know, from your perspective, and feel free to, to give any background about, you know, who you are and what you do, um, you know, overall, you know, what your experience is, um, but you know, what do you think the, the, the challenges are? How can church begin to make that pivot in today's society, given social distancing and following the right um, recommendations?
1: That's a good question, and I probably should have started with kind of my background because people are like, "What does he know about church?" He's sitting up here, <laughs> coming for us, and you know, hasn't 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 made that foundation. Uh, so I was uh, in full time ministry for about eight years um, at a couple different churches. Um, one was a mid sized church, one was a um, mega multi site church, and then most recently. Um, a large church here in Austin, Texas, and so I've I've had experiences um, being um, in different churches, different sizes, different denominations, um, serving in different ministries. I was a children's pastor, a youth pastor, a student pastor, a young adult pastor, an online pastor. So um my my experience has been been very diverse when it comes to, to church but you brought up something that's really really important and i want everyone who's listening to this to like lean in just a little bit on this part here the role of the church it it pushes us and this pandemic has really pushed us to ask that question one what is the church and then two what is now the role of the church once we define what the church is and so for me the, the basic function of, of the church, like what the church is supposed to do um, is, to, is to, to be involved in, in the life of believers and non-believers as well. Um, and so the whole purpose of the church is doing what Jesus did. You are um, doing what I like to, I, I do the three S's. You, um, you, you see people, you seek people and you serve people and and that's the that is supposed to be the the foundation, the functionality of the church. Um, it's not about a building, it's not about um, stained glass windows. it's not about um, how big your stage is, what it is about. The church is about do you see people? do you see people where they are, and do you serve them in that place? Are you are you living and breathing um the what Jesus would intend for his people? Are you serving like Jesus? Are you loving like Jesus? Um, are you positioning yourself uh to give in that capacity?
2: Yeah, actually, I'll jump in um with a with a couple couple statements. I'll start and say um i'll be the I'll be the secular voice. Uh, for this recording, though I will make the statement that I'm I'm born and raised uh, Baptist Church. Uh, oh boy, Uh-oh. So, uh oh. So, the the this is an interesting discussion actually, as, especially as as it pertains to like the concept of religion. Yeah. How we talk about religion and politics, mm-hmm. and then how religion has been used uh politically in relation to the coronavirus so mm-hmm. for example um i'll give just a couple experiences well one even the the concept of evangelical christianity right and mm-hmm. then and then the the constant focus on evangelical christians supporting uh trump has has i'm just now realizing uh overshadowed any conversation around other Christians who may not actually support Trump, Mm -hmm. right? And so I'm just now realizing when I think church Christian, my mind goes to evangelical Christian because they've been the name said most. Mm -hmm. that's like Mm -hmm. one thing. Um, I do, when I think about the church though, I think of it as a community service organization. Mm -hmm. Um, And whenever I'm volunteering in, in the neighborhood, I, I live up here in Pflugerville. Whenever I'm in, the, whenever we're talking about how do we get a word out to the people, I always feel like the church mm-hmm. is the place that should be best able to distribute information to the community because the expectation is that it is a gathering place for the community. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But with COVID now, right, I drive past the churches on pecan and the the parking lots are always empty. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it it is a good question if the people aren't coming in and sitting in the seat and, you know, the the technology component of connection is strained, Mm -hmm. however it may be, um, the ability for the church to to provide its services must be challenging, right? Just the same way as all of the families are challenged, all of their businesses are challenged. So, too is the church Uh, and actually you you know kind of funny two things happened when covid was first hitting they closed all the the community gathering spaces but then people were meeting at pflugerville lake for church service but they Mm -hmm. clearly were not social distancing and then like the next day they closed the lake so like i I, because i went for a run on a sunday i saw a full gathering of congregation and i was like oh (laughs) this is gonna be bad (laughs) Yeah, And then they close the lake the next day. So that's fine. But then also, you know, from a safety perspective, I have a buddy who basically took his mother-in-law out of town during COVID and kind of kept her away from Austin because he knew that she would immediately go uh, congregate with her church family. So on the one hand, he's keeping her safe as far as he's concerned. But on the other hand, especially if you're, if you're thinking about how your faith in uh, informs your actions, Mm -hmm. for Mm -hmm. some people, there's this conflict, right? Am I being less faithful by missing the, the church family because I'm concerned about coronavirus or am I, being wise in my faith and staying away from my church family. Uh, yeah. You know, it's difficult.
1: Well, it, yeah. There, so there was a couple points. You raised some really, really great points. Um, you know, there, I think the the biggest thing is this, we, we have to be smart about this. Me choosing to, to stay home and watch service online and partake in a small group um, virtually, um, or a, a socially distanced small group, right? Is is not me having less faith. That is me listening to wise counsel. That is me looking at what's going on in the world, um, and and making smart decisions that are are going to position me to one be safe, but but two also uh, think about the safety of others as well. So you know, I, I think we there has been this conversation about. Um, and I've heard pastors say this, you don't have any faith if you don't show up. There was actually one pastor um up on the East Coast who, who who said those words. You don't have faith if 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 you know you're staying at home, y'all need to come to church and people listen to him. That pastor died two weeks later after that sermon. So I, I think you have to, and it was due to the coronavirus. Uh, so you, you you have to be smart. Yes, you have faith in God, but the same God that you have faith in gives you that wisdom. Um, to, you know, to know to, to, to stay home, <laughs> and to be safe, um, and, and to protect your safety, protect the safety of your family, and uh, protect the safety of those um, that that are around. And to your other point as well about the, the strain of of technology when it comes to uh, the churches, um, I agree that there are some churches out there who are struggling when it comes to to hosting online service. Um, you know, a lot of uh, older churches, they have older leadership. They just don't know how to do this. Um, the other side to this is, is this. We have churches who are leveraging social media and leveraging their technology to still host um, gatherings where there is no social distancing. And so I think that, you know, a lot of, a, a lot of these churches are just doing it because um, of politics or because they just, they don't want to buckle uh, to what they believe is just this, this attack from the left. is I've heard some of these pastors say that. Um, and, and so again, I think that you have to be smart, you have to have faith, but you also have to make sure that you're positioning yourself as a pastor, as a leader, as a member um, to, to be safe in the best way.
0: And then that actually brings up something I wanted to discuss, because as I hear this term, you know, separation of church and state, mm-hmm. um, what, what really comes to mind when I think about that is like, you're pretty much telling me to separate my morals, my morals from how I lead. Um, and it's like, to me, that's a disservice and a disconnect, because now you're not allowing our leaders to be their true selves. And what I mean by that is you know when we think about the church, right you know I know it 's separation of church and state, but for conversation purposes let 's just say religion right mm-hmm. um, and and I think a lot of the times we allow our differences in religion affect our humanity and how we engage with each other instead of allowing our similarities in our religion to power and strengthen our state. Mm-hmm. Um, And I think that instead of us focusing on the former, but instead thinking about, okay, well, what are our similarities that we have in common? And what are the best similarities we can use in order to govern our society? So when pandemics and uncertainty and injustices happen, we are responding from a place of of justice and I'm gonna say true justice um, and nobility uh, because people may think they're, they're providing you know justice when in reality, that's not justice in the eyes of those that are actually you know, the, being the victims. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I think about this idea of separation of church and state, it's actually saying, no, I, I, don't, I, I wouldn't say that because we really need to dive deep into our, into everything that we are. And a lot of the times our morals come from our religion. And mm-hmm. if we are not tapping into how what we truly believe and what those similar similarities are, I see how it creates so much uh, destruction in our society as we see today, given how so many different denominations or, or subgroups of, of the whole doesn't really engage with one another and, and produces different or, or, or says different um, policies or different recommendations to the community that is now having a negative effect.
1: Sure. I, you know, and I think, and I, I would love to hear both of your thoughts on this. I'm going to pose a question to you guys. Do you think the church, the big C church right now is unified, more unified or more divided right now?
0: Oh, more divided a hundred percent. That's my opinion though.
2: Yeah. yeah, I would, I would agree at least based on what yeah. I see. Mm-hmm. Um, when we move, you know, actually, I tried to. So I, I was like I said, raised in church. So when you when you when you have a church home, right, and these people in your community are your family, it's easy to stay at that church. Switching churches can sometimes be tough, right? And then I, I came to Texas. We we moved. I got married. We moved around a little bit. We used to try to find church homes. I was not comfortable in a majority of them. Uh, and then we started having kids so now we get, like I said we we settled a bit in Pflugerville and I was planning on coming to visit uh, greater Mount Zion I had all my plans ready uh, of course you know you, you gotta eliminate all the excuses and, uh, and jump over all the hurdles <laughs> and then coronavirus hit um, which is fine and now I have an excuse to like not be on on church service uh, but When I think about, like I said, when I think about church as an institution of religion versus church as a place to fellowship, congregate, and be filled up, I think that those two experiences are different Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. now because religion and politics seem to be more closely aligned than religion and community. Yeah. Um, now, if you're a part of the church community, then you may not see outside of the out, outside of that because you have your community. But as somebody looking outside in, um, then I then like I'm not con- wouldn't use the word concerned, but because of the narrative being given to me about the way religion is supposed to inform my decisions politically. I'm not trying to get into a political conversation at church, and so now uh, now I just kind of stay away right and and some of that has to do with both uh the politics of let's see I guess it would be the politics of culture but also the politics of inclusion, right so I have to decide whether or not I'm going to align myself with an organization that may or may not have the same value system that I carry about women's equality, LGBT plus Mm -hmm. equality, Mm -hmm. uh, black equality in general, if we say big C church versus black church. Right. Yeah. So then when I started thinking about all those things, I'm like, dude, never, you know what, (laughs) I'm not stressing myself out and getting these kids dressed just so I can go sit in church. But the point in church, though, is that fellowship. Um, but I think uh, unless you're already in the fellowship now, it's hard to bring people in because of, of the story that's being told around the concept of, of church that is, like I said, more politically aligned than mm-hmm.
1: than community. Well, and and to your, I mean, you brought up a couple issues like women's equality, um, LGBTQ plus equality. Um, those issues have been politicized. And so when a church sets a stand on one of those, it's like, oh, y'all getting political. When in actuality, these are just, these are human rights we're talking about. And so I would say even those, you know, points you brought up about women's equality and the um, LGBTQA plus community, um, those those are more about community in my viewpoint than they are about politics. Um, And I think, the The Church, unfortunately, has been this place where it has and i'm not I'm not talking all churches, so if your church is you know inclusive, I'm not coming for you uh, but but I do think, to your point, the church has to do a better job um, with making sure that we are giving people a place to belong. Um, that we don't shut out people, um, that we don't overly politicize um, our values. Um, And it goes back to who Jesus was and who Jesus has called us to be. Um, Jesus, you know, I I believe if he were here today, he would be fighting for um, a lot of the things that the church has fought against um, and, and has stood against. I think that we have to position ourselves in all times to ask the question where we stand on these certain issues. Is it, is it positioning us to bring more people to know Christ or push people away from him? Um, And I think that is the question that churches have to ask themselves uh, when it comes to, women's rights, which I know that there are still some churches out here who don't believe in women leadership, who don't believe in women pastors, who don't believe, you know, there are still some churches who don't believe women should wear pants. They just sit in the back and and be quiet, basically. Um, When it comes to LGBTQA plus rights um, and equality in the church, um, there are still some churches who who don't believe they should be allowed in church, um, that they should not have leadership, um, that, you know, that this is, um, basically a spirit that you got to get delivered from before you can serve. And so there, there's a larger discussion here um, about about equality, about inclusion. And going back to this whole pandemic, I think a part of, you know, this pandemic is, is God stripping away everything that we thought we knew about church. And he is positioning the church um, to go after the people that it thought it didn't need.
2: I wonder, um, and uh, if you're if you're hosting or supporting online engagement these days from a church perspective, I wonder what is the outreach strategy? Uh, because we know that people are at home. We know at least maybe more people are coming out of the house now. But in the mm-hmm. middle of the pandemic, although everybody was in in you know a bit scattered and and it was chaos, I wonder if there were any. Um, any churches that were that pivoted right away and were able to actually grow their base or, you know, expand their influence in a community because people were isolated. Do you know of any stories? Like, I I guess the thing is, if I'm, and even that's the question, when I think about church as an organization, there's always a function of marketing and many times (laughs) marketing tells the story, and I haven't seen any stories
1: about church. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think, yeah, go ahead, Michael.
0: Oh, all I was going to comment on to say yes, um, especially for Greta Zion Baptist Church, which is mm-hmm. the church that I go to, so GMZ, um, is that we have seen larger outreach and individuals outside of Austin and outside of mm-hmm. Texas, right? Mm-hmm. So because now of this virtual environment and what that looks like, It provides an opportunity for more people outside the community to now Mm -hmm. chime in and see what's going on in that local church and some of the things that they're doing. So because of technology and because of how we're shifting as a society, it definitely can, not all the time, but it provides opportunities for the church to expand their outreach and their evangelism, which to me is amazing and phenomenal because now people who've never attended church are actually Mm -hmm. tuning in.
1: I, absolutely. And I second that. I'm a member of Greater Mount Zion too. And, um, you know, w- what I've been able to see them do is is shift. They already, see, the, the beautiful thing is, let's take Greater Mount Zion for, for example. They already had an online ministry. And so when this pandemic hit, it, I'm not going to say it was an easy shift, but it was, the foundation had already been built. They weren't having to figure Really things out in regards to how do we set up an online presence right um the the hard part for a lot of churches is a good number of churches did not have an online presence number one and number two if they did they did not they did not treat it as important as they did in person gatherings and so I know that there is one church um, in Clinton Maryland and I think it's like 80, 90% of their members are above the age of 65. And they did not have an online ministry. I mean, they're a really small church. And so when all this happened, the pastor uh, wanted to make sure that his older members were, you know, okay and safe and um, that they could still connect. Uh, He literally took his phone and his Android phone, okay, which God bless him for having an Android I don't know how he does it, but he took his Android phone, uh, went to his home and started just doing Facebook lives from his Android phone. That church has now reached that 18 to 25 year old demographic just from him go taking his phone and streaming his sermons um, online on Sundays. So, you know, you don't need, and I think this is what churches are realizing, you don't need to have this huge, um, you know, highly produced service for people to engage. What people are looking for is authenticity. What people are looking for is a genuine experience. What people are looking for um, is hope. And if you can give that, um, then then that's all that matters. And you can give that on an Android phone. You can give it with 20 cameras, uh, you know, in, in a studio. But I think in a lot of ways, the church has just overcomplicated what an online presence looks like in 2020. Um, I, I think it's, it's huge. Last point I'll make on this, uh, one of the <laughs> rising platforms where people are engaging with churches is TikTok these 62nd videos that pastors are you know posting clips of their sermons on people are engaging engaging like never before and so just going back to the point of church changing and church transforming and church looking different in 2020 i think people are realizing it doesn't take all that to reach people
2: that's a good um you know i'm a, i'm going to bring up this book that i read it's called um 21 lessons for the 21st century mm-hmm. uh, it was discussing uh re- i don't know what the difference i don't know what the opposite of secular is I-, I think it's religious but he was talking about religion in general versus not religion but still being good person mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but inside of that was this concept not inside of, of that uh dynamic but but in the book also talking about how we are transitioning from a society that exists locally to a society that exists globally mm-hmm. because of digital platforms. Yeah. But oh. even though we have a global society, I can't go ask my church neighbor for sugar. <laughs> right. I'm not going to see my church neighbor, even though I have this church community that's global. I'm still, a you know, relatively alone, actually, in my day to day. It will be interesting to see how the church pivots into an online presence, mm-hmm. but also still has an impact in the local community. Because, you know, for example, uh, at least let's take New York as an as an example real estate corporate real estate in new york is going to be reevaluated as now that we've learned that people can do their work remote i have to imagine that church real estate and building buildings is going to change right you know everybody did it together we build uh uh fundraising campaign and and actually i was just at um saint mary's here in pflugerville when they burned the uh Uh, mortgage because they own their property Mm -hmm. right now they own the property now no one's there Uh, and there's actually another church that was just built here up up around the street and by when they finished coronavirus was you know raging so I think maybe people are in there I'm not sure what's happened with church I guess this is this is the point I can't tell what's going to happen with church because even though you can now congregate in texas Mm -hmm. uh people are still concerned about congregating so that building still remains and now we have to decide what to do with that building do we encourage people to come back do we use Mm -hmm. the building as as some type of different structure um and then how do you especially if i think of church also not only as a social community not only as a community service organization but also as a business Mm -hmm. right because they have they have obligations that are financial Uh, and so how they generate Mm -hmm. revenue is a function of how you get people coming through the door sometimes Mm -hmm. except for those who you know understand that you know i'm going to give and my giving helps support this organization as a business even if we cannot use the infrastructure of that business infrastructure being that building Um, I think it will be interesting to see how all this plays out and then how it plays out on the internet as it relates to how we feel about community, right? Because if I say, Oh, how does St. Mary's reach out? If if I'm thinking I need to reach out to the Pflugerville community, but no one's going to St. Mary. And if St. Mary's pastor is actually reaching more people in Alabama than in Pflugerville, right? Then how do I, I still have, again, no way to connect with people in Pflugerville, even though we are all online.
1: Well, yeah, so there was a recent study that came out um, that said that pastors are preparing for um, about 55 to 60 percent of their church to return um, once they open the doors, full capacity to sign the third. Um, There's about 40% of people, they're going to stay at home. Um, One, because they've gotten comfortable with the online experience, um, and that's their new normal. Uh, Two, because there are going to be people who are still very, very scared uh, about going into a public space. Um, And I'm not not just talking about those that are 65 and over. over. I'm talking about those that are in that 18 to 25-year-old demographic as well. Um, especially now that news just broke that um, Donald Trump and his wife had the coronavirus, so that that just that gosh that raises the fear um, across the country. That raises the fear uh, with with people who are considering going back to church. Here's what I think. At the end of the day, it goes back to the, one of the first questions that we had, and that was uh, about the church's responsibility, what the church is supposed to do, what is our functionality, what is the purpose, um, and that is to meet the needs of people. It is great if if God has opened the door for you to have a new building, that should never be your primary focus. The focus should always be how can we serve the needs of people. I'll take Greater Mount Zion, um, uh, the church I'm a part of, um, Uh, You know, again, as an example, there are so many things that they do in the community that people have no idea about. Um, Food pantries, um, uh, helping those with with rent and with utilities. Um, I mean, the the list goes on and on and on and on about the amount of, of community outreach that they do, the amount of people that they assist. Do they, does Greater Mount Zion have a beautiful building? Absolutely. Yes, they do. Um, but the, when they, when they built that new building, the community outreach was not cut. The, um, the impact in the community was not cut. The people who they served and service was not cut. And so I think there's a balance. If you're going to have a nice building, make sure the same amount of money you're pouring into make, keeping that building um, up and running, you're pouring into the people that you're supposed to serve, um, and so this is just one, you know, great example of a church that's doing it right. Um, but but again, this pandemic has changed church as we know it. The focus is now, as it should have been, on the people and how you reach the people where they are. Majority of the people um, that are attending church, majority of the people who. Will come through the doors of the church. Do not care for the most part how big your building is and how your LED lighting looks. Um, they care about um, are you. How are you going to impact my life and how are you impacting the lives of others. That is the main focus.
0: Yeah, and uh, what I wanted uh, to comment on and dive deeper in is when we talk about the impact of the church and the church on the community that goes back to fighting for justice uh-huh. and when we talk about that you mentioned it earlier when you're speaking Dejan. just around you know eliminating poverty this is not a political issue this this is just an, an issue of humanity you know uh-huh. focusing on on quality education focusing on quality healthcare. these are the the services and the and the initiatives that anyone should be um, supporting regardless of what you look like regardless of your age regardless of where you're from, but we should really be thinking about, okay, you know, what are some of the things that I want? Well, I want to make sure I have food. I want to make sure I have a house. I want to make sure I got a place to live, eat, sleep. I want to make sure I have a good relationship, make sure I have, I have good opportunities. So let's give that to everyone and let's allow, which I know, you know, of course we both go to GMZ, so shout out to GMZ. But all the churches across the board is leveraging your, your body, leveraging your people, leveraging your impact in order to really fight, for for equity, fight for equality, fight for eliminating all the injustices of the world and not allowing these societal structures Mm. to prevent you from having a deep impact in the community because that's what the church is supposed to do. And when I say the church, now I'm talking about just the the group of people, the body. This is what the body is supposed to do. It's supposed to be a reflection of Jesus walking here with us. So go ahead Mm. and let
1: your, your light shine in the community. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think if Jesus were here today, I mean, which he is, but if he was walking the earth today, um, I I believe that some of the issues that we shy away from, um, he would actually be fighting for, he would be active in. Um, Jesus always positioned himself to go after the people who were marginalized, oppressed, um, those that were looked down upon. And so that goes back to the whole, point of the church so when you say fighting for
0: i'm going to dive deep when you say fighting for what what exactly does that mean for you because i'm thinking about it as the a lot of churches now i'm generalizing they're involved in a community but are they actually doing something to eliminate the problem um so it's like that's what i'm thinking about but what do you mean by fighting for what is what does that fight really look like for you
1: yeah when it comes to social justice um are you are you marching um, in the streets? Are you, um, you know, are you spreading uh, messaging um, um, in every way that you can to make sure that that people um, know that, you know, that that police brutality is wrong, um, that there is systemic racism, that there is injustice. Are you fighting for the people um, that are oppressed? Are you fighting for the people um, that, you know, have experienced? Um, racism. Are you speaking out? Are you speaking up? Are, are, you, are you fighting for the people that you're called to serve? Um, you know, and I think specifically in a lot of, of uh, white churches, unfortunately, with this issue of, of race, they really haven't gotten their, <laughs> uh, their messaging right when it comes to this, how to respond. I was on staff at a, um, at a church, a uh, predominantly white church, huge church, and you know, we were sitting around the table with other pastors from other churches, and I was the only black pastor. And you know, they one of the solves for one of the other churches for the racial injustice and the systemic racism um, problem was, "Oh, I'll just hire more black people on my staff." Okay, that's not solving the racism issue. <laughs> That is just getting a bunch of token people to serve on your staff to, to make it look like you're actually fighting for something that you haven't done the work to, to actually fight for. So I, I think the church, when it comes to fighting for specific issues, it's not about the look, it's about the work. It's about what you're doing behind the scenes. It's, it's about um, you, you doing the hard work to be the hands and feet of Jesus and standing up for, again, the people that you're called to serve.
0: So and this is the last question that I'll bring up because I know we're approaching time here. Uh, so the last question I would say is, how can we, or what will be your recommendation, you know, your, your uh, advice for those that are challenging with being their true, authentic, religious self amongst their, their friends and their peers in a, in a work setting, even though it's virtual right now. Um, but how, how do you, or how would you recommend someone to still fight for what the church believes Outside of their typical church settings.
1: Yeah, I think it's going to differ from every single person, right? Um, but at the end of the day, if you are a Christian um, and you believe in Jesus and you know how he led his ministry, you know how he led his life, he wasn't afraid of of anything or anybody. Um, he believed what he believed. Um, he stood by that. Um, but he did not judge others who did not believe that. He was able to coexist in spaces and places where there were literally demons. As a matter of fact, he was able to coexist in places with, um, with people who killed people who believed in him. Um, so I, I think we have to get better as Christians, as believers, to be able to still... Coexist in places with people who do not agree with what we agree with. Um, but I'll take it a step further, not only to coexist, but to love those people, to open up our arms and our hearts and our homes to those people. Um, because that is, that is how people will experience and feel the love of Christ like never before. It isn't from us shying away from um, our morals and our values. It is with us standing in our morals and in our values, um, but still giving love and acceptance and hope to others. Not trying to change who they are, not trying to make them believe what we believe, um, but by just being us and by spreading the love of Jesus Christ. And that is how um, we will, you know, be able to at least have a conversation with others by not being so judgmental, but by being more, more loving.
0: And on that note, we're going to close out of Culture Crawl ATX podcast. We thank you so much for listening. And we ask that you take this time to follow Culture Crawl ATX on Instagram and click that like button and follow on your favorite podcast listening platform.